In the Mountain West, we take the lead. We show heart and grit and have the vision to be leaders in everything we do. We don't wait for opportunities. We create our own. Today is our day, and we will take the lead. Hey, everyone. Great to have you with us for the ninth episode of Taking the Lead. Today's soccer episode features Colorado State head coach Keely Hagan. She's just the second head coach in Rams program history and has coached three players to all Mountain West honors since coming to Fort Collins in 2021. Hagan came to CSU with 14 years of assistant coaching experience, eight at Texas and six at her alma mater, Tennessee, where she was the first All-America honoree in program history. Well, let's welcome in Colorado State women's soccer head coach, Keely Hagan. Coach, it's Colorado State week on taking the lead. We had Emily Cohan from volleyball on yesterday. So thanks for taking the time to join us on taking the lead. Of course. Thanks for having me. Well, the Rams have certainly been fun to watch this season. Your group is on a five-game winning streak, tying the program record that was set back during your first season in 2021. What's been the best part for you seeing the pieces start to fall into place this fall? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the the hard work that the young ladies have put in, you know, starting back in January. We talked a lot about you got to put the hard work and sometimes uh, you don't get to see the fruit of your labor, and and the fact that they're seeing that is uh, is really fun to watch. Well, I've seen a few of the hype videos on social media this fall, and this group just looks like they're having a blast together. What's different about this group of Rams and the energy that they're bringing both on and off the pitch? Yeah, I think just the this is the third time uh, a lot of the players are hearing things now, and um, they're not only having the buy-in, we talk about the difference between buy-in and ownership and we're looking for ownership. So a really a credit to our, our leadership on the team and, um, just, just taking it to the next level and, um, you know, not only putting, putting their efforts on the field, but also off the field. Well, let's take it back to the beginning of the season. I love always seeing the unique experiences and trips that teams go on during preseason to bond. And I saw on social media that the team visited the Path of Life Ranch in Fort Collins. So can you take us into what that experience was like for the team? Yeah, we were trying to decide uh, whether or not we were going to just give them a total off day um, or, you know, try to do something meaningful. So we talked with our our captains about it and um, you know, we said, Hey, here, here's what this is going to look like. Uh, number one, you're going to be cleaning horse stalls, which include, uh, picking up poop and scrubbing bird poop off the poles and wiping things down. Um, so from that standpoint, we obviously gave them the heads up and, um, they were like, yeah, let's give it a go. So, uh, Sharis, my assistant, uh, had a relationship with, um, one of, one of her friends from church and, um, ended up being a, a huge blessing for that uh, woman who um, has this horse ranch and, um, you know, had a lot of all of our players went, showed up and, um, you know, obviously just uh, filled the roles that she need. Another role was just building a fence quickly. And so it was really kind of cool to see the young ladies just in a different environment. And obviously, uh, when, I, when we were done and finished, um, it was just you know, what, what were the takeaways? And they, they really ended up enjoying just, just doing something different, getting outside their comfort zone, working together, and then ultimately helping this woman who um, the, the horses serve is um, also an emotional need help for, for trauma victims. So um, our team got to spend time with the horses and 
and connecting with the horses and um you know the the young the lady did a great job in terms of prefacing hey listen when you're going into the horses environment um try to leave the stuff that you have at home or behind um, because they'll feel that right and so it was kind of neat to to have her work through our team with that as well yeah how do you think experiences like that that can be so impactful translate over into the season yeah, huge. It's just you're seeing your teammates in a different environment and you're relying on each other in a totally different way. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really likes to to pick up poop, for lack of a better word. Um, but that's kind of the the gritty grunt work that um, real life calls for. Right. And, and those real life experiences, real world experiences um, typically bring a group together. So it was neat to see them um, in those environments. Well, there's been a lot of excitement around Colorado State women's soccer this year. There's a whole lot of new this year for the Rams, a new soccer stadium, a new locker room, new kits. How exciting is it right now to be a part of Colorado State women's soccer with the investments that are being made into this program? Yeah, it's huge, right? It's, um, you know, we're we're trying to win championships and to have the support of the administration uh, behind that. It just it, it feeds that energy into our players that they actually see that, hey, uh, people care about what we're doing, right? We're putting all this hard work in and uh, and people care and it's not for nothing. So we're celebrating the 10th year of our program. And while I don't like to talk about how we're a young program, um, it's it's onwards and upwards. And um, we're, we're here to win championships and it's hard. It's really, really hard to win. And we see that across the country and certainly don't ever want to take anything for granted. Well, looking at your roster, there's quite a few new faces this year. I believe there's eight freshmen, some transfers. It's a bit of a melting pot. So can you introduce us to some of the new additions for the Rams this year? Yeah, quite quite a few. I mean, I think in the past year we've we've had almost 22 new players. Um, and, you know, with that turnover, it's it's again like setting leadership and, and the culture of, of what we expect and, and what we want and how we want to play. And so um, just with our, our recent transfers, we have four coming in, uh, two at the mid-year, uh, which was Avery Vanderven and Liv Stutzman. Uh, they're obviously huge roles for us. They've done a phenomenal job of coming in and making an impact right away. Um, so that's been critical. Uh, and then we also had two new transfers uh, join us in the fall. And so that was uh, Kate Dunn came in and Olivia Fout. Uh, again, they're coming from from big programs and um, they've just they've hopped in right away. I think that's the the beauty about getting transfers is they have that maturity, they have that experience um, that a freshman doesn't. So we're definitely utilizing them um, for that on and off the field. Uh, and then with that being said, we have uh, eight eight of our newcomers. Uh, we call them our rookies. They like to be called rookies. And so um, really excited about this class and. Um, you know, the the young ladies that have been making the impact on the field right now specifically are uh, Mia Casey. So she's uh, from California. She's been doing a great job for us and just a little little buzzer in the midfield works her tail off. And then uh, we have Tate up top, who um, is just a force. And I'm really, really excited to see her continue to to grow and develop. And then uh, Bridget as well, who is just feisty as all get out. So each of them have their their personality that they bring. And, and that's the best part of it is um, we're, we're obviously not recruiting the same player. You don't want to do that. And so um, the more they kind of get settled in, the more you see that personality come on and off the field, which makes it fun. 
Yeah, I'd love to touch on one of those transfers that you mentioned. Olivia Fout transferred from Auburn, has scored four goals to lead the team, two of those being game winners. How has her presence up top just changed the vibe of this offense? Yeah, huge. I mean, anytime you have a threat uh, up top, that's teams have to worry about that, right? And, um, you know, it's it's not just one person, right? And so uh, while teams are maybe having to organize for her, that's going to open up some other pockets and areas for other players to step up, which we know that they can do. So um, just another dimension that uh, makes it fun, right, for the group of, you know, every time she gets the ball, you're um, thinking, hey, what can she do with it? Because you know it's going to be something good. Well, Shayna Ross was just named Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. She's been a major piece in this team being 5-0-1 to start the season, allowing just two goals over six matches. She's now kind of bursting onto the scene this year. How has she taken ownership of this opportunity this year in net? I mean, I can't say enough about Shayna. She, um, since year one, she has grown and developed, to her credit, um, just an, immensely. And uh, she's a high ceiling. She's she's starting to get into her own personality and, and the team seeing that and and really starting to be a vocal leader leader back there, which is just phenomenal. And again, all these things take time. And I think, you know, as coaches, we want things to happen now. Right. Um, but she's a great example of just being diligent in the process, being committed, being intentional. Um, and of course, credit to Josh, my assistant coach. He trains the goalkeepers. He's done a phenomenal job with her and her development. Um, just across the board, she's she's becoming a very well-rounded goalkeeper, and um, she's she's made some big-time saves for us. And um, you know, we tell her, "Hey, make the saves you're supposed to." One or two great ones, which she's been very consistent in that. And um, I'm really excited to see her continue to grow and develop. And that's all you want from a keeper, right, is that consistency factor, really all of your players, but especially at keeper. Well, you touched on recruiting just a little bit, but the level of women's soccer talent in the state of Colorado is truly top tier, especially when you look at some of the players who are playing on the U.S. women's national team. And, you know, the ones that always are talking about Colorado, Mallory Pugh, Sophia Smith, Lindsay Horan. What has the emphasis been on in-state recruiting since you took over, knowing the talent that's growing right in your backyard? Yeah, huge. You know, it's um, just trying to build relationship with the club coaches and and being at as many events that as we can locally. Um, we've made a really big effort to do so, and we're going to continue to do so. I think the the one thing that we'd really like to see is some of these Colorado kids stay um, and not leave because it's seemingly, you know, they end up coming back. So we'd love to get them on the front end, but we're also prepared to get them on the back end as well and and still have those relationships um, because we recruited them on the front end. They're going to go somewhere else and then we're familiar with them when they come back. So um, we're not going to ever stop recruiting the local talent. We love it. We love having Colorado kids on our roster and um, we'd love to have them on our roster to help us win championships. Well, if I counted correctly, eight players on this team are Colorado natives right now. I have to imagine there's been some crossover with high school and club soccer teammates now reuniting. Has that been a factor in helping this group kind of find their cohesiveness early on this season? Yeah, sure. I mean, our our best recruiters are our our student athletes, right? And so when they already have that prior relationship, um, you know, they're already reaching out on their own and connecting with those young ladies to be like, hey, if you're going to come back, you got to come here, right? So Mm Um, that's huge in them having those relationships and we're definitely seeing uh, a ton of crossover for sure. So it's, it's a small world as we already know it in soccer. And then obviously in the state of Colorado. 
Do you see a difference in the players that are from Colorado and the pride they wear when, when they get to wear those state pride jerseys, like the difference that they play with? Yeah, I think it's contagious, though, because everybody that's that's our team's favorite jersey is the state pride jersey, not just the Colorado kids. So, yeah, um, but they're very impressionable in that and just just proud of the beauty of the state and um, all the things that it offers. It's it's a pretty special place. Yeah, there's a lot to be proud of. Well, every coach puts a different meaning behind the non-conference schedule, what you want your team to learn from it, um, et cetera. What have been some of the brightest spots for your team coming out of the non-conference slate and the opponents that you've faced? Yeah, I think it's just um, seeing the growth of our team, right? And we talk a lot about just the process of growth. And you're measured based off of your results. Like, that's part of athletics. Um, but how can we focus more on the process and not the results? They're getting the results right now, which is great, um, because that does give you confidence. Um, but it's it's not having that confidence just because of the results. It's having that confidence that they're seeing their teammates get better. They're seeing them get better every day in their growth and development and that they're pushing each other. And I think it's, you can't be complacent um, at any moment in athletics and um, really just trying to push home the messaging of improve every day from a personal standpoint um, and the team's going to get better. And they've heard that since day one and um, it hasn't changed. And it's like, you can't get bored with the repetition and that's that repetition is going to help us uh, hopefully one day win a championship. Well, the final weekend of non-conference action is is this weekend. So you'll host Utah Tech on Thursday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time and Utah on Sunday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. What do you want to see from this group specifically out of these two matches? You mentioned growth. So what what specifically in addition to that? Yeah, I mean, every opponent that we play is a, a different test um, from an individual standpoint and from a team standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's how can we adjust uh, to what the opponent is Um, doing to us quicker? Um, How can we play and get into our style quicker, Um, which ultimately is just progress, right? And how can we be better at our timing and how we're playing? So as much as it, hey, yeah, we're playing this team this weekend and they're going to do these types of things. It's really about us and how can we continue to push the tempo and our style upon the opponent and how we're playing. And so ultimately you want to play 90 minutes of your style and what you're trying to do. And so how can we get closer uh, to the 90 minutes as we get more into conference? What would you say is the style of Colorado State women's soccer this year and and the philosophies you're kind of living by right now? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I get asked that by recruits and ultimately the style is to win, right? How you do that. Um, is is very personal to your players that you have. Um, I'm a firm believer of you have your players and then you've, you've got to build your system around that, right? You can't ask a player to do something that's not necessarily in their wheelhouse yet, right? And so that's the development piece. So really, I think ultimately our, our style is, hey, we're going to play to win. We're going to compete in, on both sides of the ball. We're going to transition fast um, and we're going to be us. And whatever that looks like against a given opponent at the end of the day, I know we're going to be hardworking. We're going to control the controllables, which are hardworking. Um, we're going to have a great attitude and we're going to have high energy. That's the, that's what we're looking for. Well, just one weekend left before Mountain West play. What's the best part about conference play? And as you gear up for it, especially in the Mountain West conference. 
Yeah, I mean, again, you're competing for championships. You know, I, I love the fact that we have a regular season champion uh, and that we have a tournament champion. It just gives an opportunity to to win a championships because really, if you didn't have that at the end of the day, there'd only be, you know, one national champion um, outside of the regular season champion. So um, love the opportunity for, for championships. Um, every single conference game is just tough. Right. It doesn't matter who you're playing, when you're playing. It's tough. And so you really get to see, um, you know, kind of the the deep personality of the players when they're when they're in the grind and um, how they're going to respond. I think that's the part for me that I love in coaching is, hey, when push comes to shove, like, what are you going to do? Right. And hopefully in our environment, they're seeing that we're teaching you that you can respond in a positive way. You, You can go further than you think you can and put yourself that much more. Um, so those things are exciting that conference exposes. Yeah, it's always fun to see these quality wins from Mountain West teams in non-conference play. But then once you get to Mountain West action, there's a whole new energy and a whole new vibe to the season. So it's definitely fun to watch. Well, coach, the final third has arrived. The last segment of this episode, um, I've got some get to know you rapid fire questions lined up. So are you ready for this? Yeah. Do I need a water break real quick? Or? Yeah, you might need a water break. This, this right. is some tough stuff right here. All right, right, let's go. First question for you. Best part about living in Fort Collins? All of the outdoor activities. What's your favorite? Uh, Probably biking, like mountain biking or cycling are my favorite. Okay. What is your most unpopular food opinion? Unpopular food opinion? Um. Gosh, that's a good question. Are you like a pineapple on pizza kind of person? Yeah, that, I, yeah, that's great. I love oh, food. Okay. I absolutely love food. <laughs> I think it's, um, you know, sushi is rare as you can get it. Uh, I don't know if that's unpopular, but I even if you're cooking sushi, make it as rare as you can. So maybe that's unpopular. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say like, is it more California roll or is it more love of, fish. like, love, okay. love fish? Okay. Do you have any pregame rituals or superstitions that have carried over from your playing days to now your coaching? Um, You know, I think faith is a big part of who I am. So that's my anchor. So it's Mm -hmm. um, game days are hard because you can't really control a whole lot at all. That's why I like training so much better. Very similar to when I was playing. Um, So just in my devos and just same prayers all day long. Uh, they seem to be a little bit more ramped up on game day than they are regularly. Yeah, as expected. Well, what is your go-to guilty pleasure song? Song? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's probably, gosh, I'm not like a huge music person. Okay. So I just, I like music, but if somebody's like, hey, who's your favorite artist? I mean, here it is. So my first ever CD uh, was Celine Dion. So like anything Celine Dion, like I went to a concert in Vegas and she was legit. So I feel like that's makes me super old, but that's the truth. Okay. So anything, anything under the Celine Dion umbrella. There you go. There you okay. Go. Perfect. My yeah. last question for you. If you had to take on one coach in the Mountain West in a penalty kick shootout, who would it be and why? Oh man. One coach. I will say Jim Thomas challenged every coach and said he would beat anyone. So if that helps you at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know if I could single anybody out. I mean, I no, I don't think anybody really loves PKs and how that works. Um, so, I mean, I guess I would agree with Jim. It's like, 
hey, bring whoever whoever we get to, and um, we're gonna we're gonna compete and and do what we can. Yeah, I'm thinking that this is like uh, an additional video that we're going to have to do at the championship this year. Like every coach that answered this question is going to actually have to face up to it now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of part of just the competitiveness and the nature of, hey, as coaches, we, we, we want the best for our program. So bring what you got. Absolutely. Well, coach, thank you so much for joining me on Taking the Lead. It was great to see you. Good luck this weekend with the final two non-conference games of the season. And uh, good luck in Mountain West play as well as we gear up for that. Great. Thank you so much for your time. That's Colorado State women's soccer head coach Keely Hagan. The 2023 Mountain West women's soccer season is in full swing. To watch matches this fall, head on over to the MW.com or download the Mountain West app available on Apple and Android devices. Join us next week for more episodes of Taking the Lead available on Apple, Spotify, and also on the SiriusXM app. 